Welcome to it. How in the world are you? I ended yesterday's podcast with looking down at my phone and my wife was calling me and I thought I'll make it into a bit. She's calling me. She probably wants to ask me, Hey, what do you want from the store? All right. I picked up the phone and I get, uh, Hey, you know, Hey, what's going on? I'll make it into a bit. You know, I'm on the air, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I find out that, uh, I know, uh, no, it wasn't really a good time for a bit. Um, because uh, she was in an automobile accident. And I said at the time, before she told me that, I'm like, you know, I'm re- for the bit. I'm like, you know, I'm recording. I don't care. Oh. Guess that's, guess that's because of the accident. she was in an accident uh if you follow on social media facebook twitter instagram facebook and instagram is jeff fisher radio twitter is uh, at jeffy jfr uh you know we we i believe i shared the pictures if i didn't i will but uh you know totaled the car uh totaled the tahoe and uh so i get there and i on my way i, I leave here I'm, I'm wrapped up. I leave, get my stuff. I'll be there. I'll pick you up on my way. Is it the heart of the storm here in, in the Metroplex? I mean, wh- where I was going is the heart of the storm. As I'm driving to go there, to go where the accident is, my phone alerts are going off saying immediately seek shelter, seek shelter. Now the rain is storming. It's blowing. Yes. Those things were going off. They went off like five times yesterday afternoon. I believe probably four of them during the time I was driving. Amazing. Which is actually when one of those went off is what actually kind of caused the accident. So my wife is driving down one road and uh, there, she's, there's there's other cars on the road, which is a mistake. First of all, let's be clear about that. But there was, you know, there's a, you know, it's a three car and one, the third car up, not the car directly in front of her, but the, the next car goes to turn into a assisted living facility, old people's home. But it was, it's not an old people's home because there are people that are still functional. They shouldn't be. We'll get to that in a moment. But so as the one car goes to turn into the parking lot, the horn goes off. Right. And there, it's one of them is right there. You know, one of them is right there by the... I mean, it wakes you. Those things are loud when you're right by them. And so, even Amber said, you know, she was with my daughter Maya. They both looked. Because, I mean, it started going, it was right there. And the person going into the assisted living facility, instead of continuing to pull into the parking lot, stopped half turn stop because the the horn went off and they're scared right shocked them so the guy in front of my wife makes the stop just he said he locked him up 
but it was it was raining and storming but he did skid enough to hit that car however my wife was not so fortunate in the stopping instance right slams into the back of this guy and the guy's got the big uh spare tire juncture on the back of his car it wasn't a g i forget what kind of car it was but he's got the big spare tire on the back of it you know in the back window so that's just, that's what she hit and the whole front end of the tahoe is smashed in it looks really bad ouch you ain't lying ouch big time ouch and the car, that thing is going nowhere i mean it's total i mean it's back into there's you know the radiator and everything is back into the engine the uh it's the the, the bumpers are up against the tires is locked up you're going nowhere battery fluid leaking everywhere you're, I mean, they're, you're going nowhere. So uh, I get there, and uh, everybody's okay. Now, she's, I should say, you know, my daughter's got some seatbelt burns, and my wife, you know, I think screwed up her shoulder a little bit. We're going to have to deal with that. What a wimp. And uh, so we're going to have to deal with, that, deal with that, which we'll be taking care of today. For some reason, she didn't want to take care of it last night. I know. Don't look at me. I I tried. Uh, so, and, uh, where, where was I going with this? That, uh, oh, well, so, but the point is, is that the car is traveling, right? So the airbags don't go off. Now it's actually with, with my wife and my daughter in the car who are both about the same height and they're not, I don't want to say they're height impaired, but you know, they're shorter people and you know, my daughter is 11, so she's a shorter human and, uh, but the airbags didn't go off, so I'm kind of glad about that in one sense because, you know, they just smashed you into the face. However, isn't that what they're supposed to do? Like uh, when you hit someone at, say, 30 miles an hour going forward, the airbags are supposed to deploy and save you, in parentheses? Uh, didn't happen. Now, apparently, my wife looked up that that particular year of Tahoe has an issue with airbag deployment. Huh. Huh. I'm not saying General Motors call me, but General Motors call me. Um, so I get there and, you know, her car is still in the road. It's not moving. You know, they haven't moved it. It's too, the bumper is laying in the middle of the road. Cars are slowing down, going by. Some yard guy came by and put a, an empty bucket with a trash bag on it in the back of the road so cars weren't coming up close to my wife's car, which I thought, thank you. Right, whoever did whatever yard guy did that, good job. I'm sure you're an American and not, you know, one of those other people that are working in the yards, and uh, you know, those un-Americans. You know what I'm saying? Stop! Don't look at me like that. You know. So, <laughs> just a joke. So I get there, and uh, there's no cop. My wife said at one point a police officer drove by. It was still storming out. And he slowed down. It's like, oh, man, look at that accident. I am not getting out, though. It's raining and storming. I got to pretend like I didn't see this. Keep going. What? Isn't that what you do, Mr. Police Officer? <laughs> right. Thank you. So, I mean, he just keeps going. And I don't blame him. It's storming out. I'm going. I'm not going to bother with an accident. It looks like everybody looks like, yeah, it looks like everybody's standing. There's nobody in the car. I'm, I'm keeping going. So one of the constables shows up. And he's there when I get there. And, you know, they're exchanging information and I, you know, I help, I go out and I help him. We get the car and we can finally get in the car because the doors you got to crank over. You can't even get out. I mean, my wife was tough to get out of the car. She climbed through the back and, 
yanked open the door, the rider side door far enough to get my daughter out because, you know, my daughter's starting to freak out because she can't get out. She's like, I can't get out. And my, you know, then my wife's freaking out, which, you know, I don't blame her. But so the doors are hard. So you can't, you know, I got to go in through the other side to get the car, start turning the ignition, get it in neutral. And you got to put your, you got to put it on a brake to put the car in neutral. So I got to reach over. Ugh. And the door won't open, so then I got to go back around and open the wind car window so I could turn the steering wheel as we're trying to push this thing out of the road, which we finally did. And a couple people actually stopped and helped, which was nice. Those were the nice people. But those were not the people in the assisted living old people's home. Okay? So we finally get the thing off the road, and I, I go inside, and I, I borrow a broom from one of their do people at the, at the facility. And it's just a little... A little sweet broom. It's not a push broom for the road, but I wanted to get some of the stuff out of the road, you know, so the traffic could get back on the road. And then, uh, so we did that. We took care of that. And the constable says, okay, I'm out. Everybody's fine. You got a wrecker on the way. All the paperwork is you switched insurance between you and everything. Yeah. Talk to you later. Um, I want to see over here, you know, in private. So... It's not going to be a ticket or anything. Nope. Horrible weather conditions. Uh, no problem. Nobody was nobody was badly injured. Insurances will take care of it. I'm fine. We're out of here. Thank you. See you later. So I love that. I'm a fan. I'm a fan because when you, I don't know if you know this, not, I have actually done the same thing, only just not as bad. I have not totaled the car by hitting someone rear-ending someone but i have done the same thing where you know you're making a right say you're coming off the road and you're making a right onto another road and there's a car in front of you the car in front of you takes his foot off the brakes so you assume they're continuing forward and you look to the left to see if you're going to be able to go while at the same time the person who took the foot off the brakes in front of you decides that oh i'm just going to hit the brakes again and you hit them oh so mad so mad the last time that happened i'm banging on the steering wheel i'm so mad the guy just gets out of the car like he doesn't want to come up any farther he just stops like oh, this guy's going crazy in his car i don't want to see him I'm like i'm fine would you stop for doofus and i had them all talked into everything was fine because it didn't do hardly any damage on my car there's the dead little dent on his had them all talked into we're fine get out of here and the wife gets out and comes around and goes oh i don't know i think we should call the police where there's insurance no we shouldn't shut up you shouldn't say that to another guy's wife, by the way, because then he gets pissed off and he has to call the police. But <laughs> that's just a helpful hint from me. No, <laughs> you know, you're welcome. That's when you're in that incident, you don't say, no, it doesn't. Shut up. Yeah, that doesn't go over well. Anyway, so back to my wife. So uh, so the, everything's fine there, right? We're waiting. We're taking all the stuff up. She's got camping stuff in there and everything. We know the car is totaled. We know it's totaled. So... We don't want to have to, wherever they're going to tow it and whatever the insurance company is going to do with it, we want to be, you know, it's sad, but we want to be done with it. I don't want to have to go, I don't want to have to go on the other side of Fort Worth, Texas to go to the junkyard to empty the car with whatever I want in it. You know, just do what you got to do with it. I'm done with it. So we're unloading it. We load it all up. And then here comes the wrecker and the wrecker guy pulls in. Now, where we push the, the car into is the there's this uh, the facility has two entrances, one where we're at and one down a little farther, and it's just the parking lot that you come, brings you back around to an opening gate 
on the side that we're on. Okay, so if you come in right off the road on our side, you just pull in and the gate's off to the right. Otherwise, you have to go all, you go up and you come back and you cut through the parking lot and you come back to the gate. Just another entrance on the same road. It's a it's a, a, a two lane highway, but with the big median in the middle. So you're, there's no nobody making left hand turns into the facility. You got to go all the way up to the light and come back around to make a right into the, this facility. So that so we're we pushed it into that driveway and the dump or the the should have been a dump truck the the tow truck shows up and pulls it next to it so it's blocking that entrance right because he pulls in and it's and it was a he by the way don't look at me like whoa the he yes and it was a male dump truck driver and a tow truck driver and uh and he parks and he says well comes out he takes a look and we're talking and, and uh this lady who lives in this place Pulls up, stops, all right, stops in the road, stops traffic, almost got into another, causes another accident. She's just looking at the tow truck driver like, what are you doing? You got to move. She rolls down her side window. My wife walks up to the side of the, on the curb and says, you're going to just have to go up to the next entrance. You know, we're getting, we're towing the car here. We're getting, we're getting out of the way. I can't go to the next entrance. I have to go in through that gate right there. I live here and I'm handicapped. And I'm like, um, no. So she pulls up a little farther and she's just going to sit there and wait. Traffic is backed up and she can't make the turn. So the tow truck driver is like, boy, times have changed, huh? People used to stop and ask if you needed help. Now they just tell you to move. Get out of the way. So he moves. He's going to move his tow truck. He moves his tow truck up. Enough to let the traffic in because he's got to back up to our car anyway. He had just pulled in. It was just a, it was just a person being a bitch is all. This old lady. Let's go up to the next entrance and cut through the parking lot. You don't have. The only thing is, is she's elderly. And the only way she knows to get into her apartment complex with the gate is to go in at this driveway. She, I'm sure she probably didn't even know that driveway existed. The next one up. You know, the whole the whole complex that you live in so she backs up and then she's backing up and she backs up in other lanes i mean i i i found myself wanting to see another accident because this this lady made me so mad i I just couldn't believe that she was that dumb i mean i i i walked up to her at one point at the same place where, where my wife had been standing and i went just go up to the next driveway and she didn't even say a word. She just looked at me like she had no idea what I was talking about. So then she pulls into the, the driveway and she stops and she goes to take a picture of my wife's car. So that at least the tow truck driver gave her a, a, a big, ah, you know, smile for her picture. And I'm like, I started to holler. And, uh, you know, again, my wife saves me and says, just leave her alone. I, I wanted to, I wanted to be so angry with her. I couldn't tell you. I was just angry with the situation. But if this person should not be driving. No, I'm not talking about my wife now. I'm talking about the other lady. Yeah. It's strange that they're both females I'm talking about. Anyway. the Ouch. Uh, I had no, <laughs> it could be ouch if she hears this. The um, uh, It's just amazing. So that, that's what happened. And we're, we're facing, we're dealing with that now. I'm going to have to go find a new automobile. Go through this. General Motors, call me. 
Uh, no deployment of the airbag. Uh, my daughter and my wife are in the car. You're lucky they're okay. As okay as they are. Because now we're going to have to check out you know, my wife's shoulder. Oh, I got a new car. Huh. But hey, it's only a car. It's only a vehicle. My wife and my daughter can't be replaced. The car can be replaced, right? Did that sound good like I've, I really meant that? Because I wanted to... You know I really meant it. All right, so I'm reading a story about uh, Kit Harrington, and you, if you don't know who Kit is, he's a big star from Game of Thrones. He's been, uh, you know, Lord Snow, John Snow from Game of Thrones for the last, you know, eight years, eight or nine years, and he's a, uh, you know, he's a big star now, big time, big time star. He's married to the the redhead from Game of Thrones, who's, you know, they were they had a big thing during the show, uh, Rose Leslie, and. I wish I had a big thing. Anyway, uh, so, you know, he's in love with her in real life and he's all married and he's, you know, he's kind of a short guy and he's, he's a good looking man. He's a good looking man. I'm just saying he's got that. He doesn't have that rugged handsomeness. He's just a good looking man. But the story is, is that he has checked himself into rehab because of alcohol and you know, the stress. Kit Harrington, this guy has been doing Game of Thrones. He's been nothing but on top of the world for the past nine years. Maybe even 10, depending on how, I don't know, Game of Thrones has been, you know, eight, eight to 10 years, right? In that window. So he's drinking too much and he's got way too much stress. And it's just ahead of the show's ending. It really hit him hard. Uh, you know, I just had the show coming to an end and I was drinking and I just didn't. I didn't know. So he puts himself into this luxury rehab place in Connecticut. Now the rehab place, I mean, that's like the, that's like the assisted living place that my wife crashed in front of. I mean, he gets to go out. He walks around the town. He gets to go out. He wants, stop it. Kid, what are you doing? You got too much money. You got way too much money. Stop what you're doing. He does. He does. He's got, he's got way too much money. He's been way too much money. Way too much went to his head from Game of Thrones. Oh, the show's ending. I mean, I love my wife and everything, but I, just been, I feel like I'm drinking too much alcohol these days. And the show's coming to an end. I'm not sure what character I'm going to do. And Jon Snow is going to do some bad things in the show. And I just, I need, I need to get away. I need to, I need to be in a in a rehab facility that can, you know, make sure that I that I don't drink and help me mentally get through this time. Well, sure, I want to be able to leave and, you know, not completely dry. I want to be able to walk through town and buy and get things I want, go to, you know, events that I want to go to and everything, but I want to be able to have to come back to rehab. Shut up. That's, stop it. Stop it. You have to wonder that these rehab facilities look like sandals resorts. Why would anyone want to leave? Thank you. And it, the only reason they want to leave is because sooner or later their manager says, uh, Kit, uh, the $100,000 a month is starting to get a little thin, brah. And the wife is like, you know, I really like to keep the house we have in, in, in Spain. I know we just bought it, but I'd like to keep it. So maybe you get out of rehab and come maybe, I don't know, rest here with me. Come on, stop it. It's agonizing. Now, I do have an opportunity for you, though, a good opportunity, speaking of Hollywood. And, uh, you know, the muckety-mucks. 
of Hollywood and the world, world global. Uh, that was an opportunity to double date with George Clooney and Amal Clooney. Now, I actually would like to do this. And so George called me, just give it to me. I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I, I don't care that he's, uh, you know, he might, he and I probably don't see eye to eye on a number of things, but we see eye to eye on enough. And she sees, she's this great attorney who's helping kids all over the world. I'm a big, I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan. So it, I'll, I'd like to win this. So they're, they're giving an opportunity to uh, have lunch with them in Italy, at their home in Italy. Uh, okay, I'm in. And here is uh, George Clooney, the video that he cut. And they're doing it for their charity, uh, you know, so they can make some money for their charity, the uh, benefit, the Clooney Foundation for Justice. And so they, they uh, which, good. I'm good with that. I'm good. I'm, you know what? I'm all for the Clooney Foundation for Justice. But here's George telling you how to, uh, how to have an opportunity to have lunch with the Cloonies. Hi, I'm George Clooney, and I'm here to invite you to come to Italy with my wife and me. Cut. Let's stop there. George, can you please do the intro the way it's scripted? <laughs> sure. From the top? Hi. I'm Amal Clooney's husband, George, and we'd like to invite you to come with us to Lake Como. This is kind of funny. Are you sure that's how that's you want good. me to say it? People love Amal. She's really the selling point here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's oh. right. To benefit the Clooney Foundation for Justice, we're inviting you and a guest to go on a double date with Amal, a, uh, a world-renowned human rights lawyer, law school professor, and a leading thinker on the concept of justice throughout the world, and me, an actor. Just picture it. You and Amal, wine in your hand, discussing current affairs while her husband quietly serves lunch. Really, why don't we do a take where it just says a mall will be there and I won't even be there? That's probably that a good a idea. Fantastic I knew idea. It. Let's I knew do it. that. I know. Just kidding. You know what? I don't need a script. I'm just going to speak from my heart. Hi, I'm George Clooney. A mall is one of the most intelligent, compassionate, and impressive people you'll ever meet. And I am the two time sexiest man alive. I played Danny Ocean in the Oceans movies. I was on a little show called ER in the 90s. Oh, and you guys like superhero movies? Well, I was Batman. I was the only Batman with nipples. Did a little, little show called Baby Talk. People say it's the quintessential show about uh, talking baby. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I was... Uh, For your chance to have lunch in Lake Como, Italy with Amal Clooney and People's Sexiest Man Alive from a long time ago, go to amaze.com slash Clooney. And just to reiterate, Amal will definitely be there. I also have Brad Pitt's home phone number. I think it's... I could give to you. George, 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 that was um, so informative. Thank you. But can we please just go back to the script? Oh, yeah. No. Okay, we're done. Go to amaze.com slash Clooney. The best part is every donation benefits the work for the Clooney Foundation for Justice. Donate, and we hope we see you soon. Oh, did I mention Amal's going to be there? Oh, it's kind of funny, right? But I actually do... I want to go, so I want. We're going to find out exactly what you have to do to win this opportunity with George and Amal, or Amal and George. All right, so you can enjoy this dream—a double date with George and Amal at their luxurious villa in Lake Como. Share a toast with George and Amal at lunch. Take a photo together. They're not even going to show up. 
They're going to show up for for lunch and then kick you out of their house. They're going to be somewhere else. You could you could be flown into Italy, put up at a four star hotel. You get a little cheese and a picture with Georgia Jamal. I still want to do it. Enter now. But what do I have to do to win? Do I have to? Let's see. Um, good things are coming. Donate two thousand entries to win. What? Okay, so. 250 entries to win, donate $25, donate $10, 100 entries, donate $25. I mean, they're still charging me. They were going to make me donate money for the foundation. I can't just enter. What? So you can donate money too. You know, the Clooney Foundation for Justice through Omaz. And uh, good luck. Good luck because I don't know if I want to donate money. I'm willing to go to lunch with them. I don't think I'm willing to donate money, but, you know, for 10 bucks, maybe I'm in. All right, let's go to the break room. I need a drink of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar desperately. Oh my gosh. You have no idea how good that is. It could be a tad bit colder. I like it chilled a little bit more than it, than it is right now at this time, but I'm fine with it. So don't forget to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. I need your subscriptions. You know, I was looking at these other podcasts. I need your subscriptions. I'm embarrassed for me. So please subscribe. It's free. You're welcome. I mean, I give and I give and I give every day. Every, every day I give. I work this tongue to the bone for you. Okay? And all I ask, all I ask is a subscription. That's all. That's all I want. Just a, just a subscription. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Please. Thank you. Like I said, it's free. Congratulations to a North Carolina dad. Goes on lunch break. Hangs out. He says, oh, you know what? Give me one of those lottery tickets. Yeah, I'll scratch it off here. No problem. $10 million. Big time. Big time money drawer opening. $10 million. Now, well, this is what ticks me off the most about these stories. And, I, you know, congratulations. It is great. Everything's wonderful. After taxes and fees, $4.2 million. Ouch. Right. Come on. Now, of course you want the $4.2 million. Of course you do. But you won $10 million. Thank you. You won $10 million. Thank you. But you're only going to take home $4.2 million? No, no, no. This is the $4.2 million. This is ouch. Ouch. See, Chris isn't here today. Just so you know, Chris is taking doing the best that I can. Get off my back. Just tell the people what your name is because I'm embarrassed to say it out loud. No one needs to know my name. Just keep it simple. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad. Don't don't tell them. Don't tell them, Taylor. Gosh darn it, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to tell them your name, Taylor. Don't do it again. Gosh darn it. So I'm just saying that it takes congratulations. Congratulations for the ten million bucks. Really, I mean that. No, 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 no. Stopped. I don't need that. I don't need that. Oh, you asked for it. You're getting it. 
I didn't. I was congratulate when I congratulate him. That's what you do. When I'm just saying, you know, I'm happy for him. Don't worry about it. But uh, congratulations on the ten million dollars. No, thank you. But he's only taking home four point two million. Ouch. Okay. But uh, what a ripoff. All right. Come on. I mean, congratulations and good deal. And, and then he says, you know, I look. I'm gonna. Me and my wife. He doesn't even have kids. Why is he winning? How come this isn't me? No, I can't be jealous. You have to be happy for him. Because that's why you don't win. It's because you're jealous. That's why I don't win because I'm jealous. I've got to be right. I gotta, you got to be happy for these people. Yeah, you know, we'll pay off some bills and invest the rest. Oh, shut up. I guess he doesn't. <laughs> I guess he doesn't because he says it'll be have a, they'll have a brighter future. Duh. Uh, you got $4.2 million. Ouch. But that's still... Oh, if it's still $4.2 million. Yeah. So you get a couple of kids, you throw a mill in a trust fund each for the kids. It still gives you a couple million. You pay a couple of bills. You're still living large. You can live, you can, well, well you can live large. But he doesn't know, have kids. I don't know if you can live large. Well, you know, that's what it said. It didn't say anything, but he said, uh, then it comes down here and he talks about his two young kids. So he does have two kids. I thought he did because he just talks in the beginning. He just talks about my wife and I. Wow, what a jerk just didn't mention the kids right, right off the bat. It's right, just my then, wife then, and I. We'll talk about the kids later. Then down at the bottom, oh, that's right. I got the two kids I got to pay for. So maybe the wife doesn't know about the two kids. Anyway, <laughs> he needs more than the 4.2 mil when the wife finds this out. I'll tell you that. Ouch. You ain't lying. You know, speaking of having money. Speaking of having money. You know, the other, the other day we talked about Mackenzie Bezos. Joining this giving pledge where she's going to donate, you know, all her money or half her money or whatever it is when she dies. She's got to give this giving pledge. Uh, You know, you give away your assets when you're alive or when you die. But you sign the pledge of, you know, philanthropy. And, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates have done this. Warren Buffett has done this. Uh, You know, Mackenzie Bezos is big. She just signed the giving pledge. And, you know, hubby Jeff congratulated her and said, what a great job. Side note, Jeff Bezos has not signed the giving pledge. Why? Because it's dumb. But anyway, so why would you know, Jeff's got he's the richest guy in the world? He'll give some money away. All right. He's just not going to give it all away to your silly little giving pledge. But all these people, there's all kinds of rich people, rich in parentheses, people that have signed the giving pledge. We are signing the giving pledge here at Chewing the Fat. I want to be a part of the giving pledge. Sure, it'll be like 20 bucks. I know that. Sure, it won't be as impressive as $37 billion. Okay, whatever. But I still want to give my money to charity. I still want want to help as much as I can. I still want to be as philanthropic as I can possibly be. And okay, so it might be only, you know, I said 20. 50 maybe. Yeah. If it's 50, <laughs> if it's 50, yeah, that's what I'm getting. You aren't lying. But I want to be a part of it. We're making a deal. We're doing a YouTube signing of the giving pledge for Chewing the Fat. Chewing the Fat is doing that because I want to be a part of it. And if you, as a as a listener, of uh, an avid listener of Chewing the Fat, want to participate in the giving pledge with us here, we're going to do it. We're going to make a thing out of it. I'm serious. I want to, I want to, I, I mean, they can't have all the fun. They'll get all the press and all the ink. Because they've got, you know, $37 billion. So, my money counts too. I count too. I matter too. I'm a human being too, Mackenzie. 
Warren, William Gates, thief who stole your stuff from Microsoft. Uh, my money counts too. We're doing it though. So email me at chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Chewing the fat at theblaze.com. I'm telling you, and I'm looking right at the camera right now too. So if you're seeing this, I don't know how, but I'm looking right at you. We're doing it. We're doing it. All right. All right. You know who I really wanted to talk to was Amanda Eller. She's the the lady that was found alive in the forest in Hawaii after she'd been missing for more than two weeks. And she uh, she kept telling herself not to give up. She suffered a leg fracture, abrasions on her ankles, and severe sunburn. Uh, and when they found her, she seemed to be in good spirits and was in good condition. You know why she was in good spirits and good condition? Because she was lost in a Hawaiian forest. That's like heaven. She just didn't have a chair. She looked for a, She found a stream. I mean, she's living out there, living off berries, off these wild bushes. Okay, I know you. I'm sure she. I'm sure for the first couple days, she was maybe lost. And after that, she's like, eh, if they don't find me, I'm good out here anyway. <laughs> you know, just homeless in Bora Bora. Yeah, you know, I'm out here in the little. I got the stream. I got the leaves. I got. I'm living here. It's Akuna Matata. Now, I've talked about having uh, app overload. That's not what I called it, though. It's app fatigue. We have app fatigue. I mean, everything, we're being bombarded with new apps all the time, and they're creating new content. NBC just launched a streaming service targeting, now they're claiming targeting younger viewers. It's going to have live programming each day. You know how much money that costs? NBC is going to be streaming and going to have their own app and they're going to have live content eight hours a day. Good luck. God bless. I mean, maybe, I don't know. You just come and join blaze media. That's just a thought from me. I'm looking at you, NBC, write it directly at you into a camera. That's not working directly at you. Okay. And did you know, did you know that you can invest in art? I, I'm actually thinking about it's kind of like a retirement plan. They've got new retirement plans out there and everything now that uh, where you can invest in paintings. So it lets you buy shares of the high end pieces of art. So if I, you know, if you're an owner, what I, I, I would say, um, no, I don't know how you, I'm not sure how that works because if I own a painting, that's just like saying, Hey, I'll let you buy a piece of my painting. If I sell it, you get a piece is really what it is. And if I just bought a painting, it's like that Monet that just sold for, what, $111 million or more. I mean, good luck. Good uh, luck. Also, congratulations to uh, T-Series. You know, the YouTube channel T-Series. Don't look at me like you don't know what, you're, what I'm talking about. Silly. Uh, they're the first YouTube channel to hit 100 million subscribers. Pfft, amazing. Amazing. Having, it's been a great battle. We've talked about it a couple times between T-Series and PewDiePie. And it's really not fair because PewDiePie is just a lone YouTuber up against uh, T-Series, which is, you know, they're they're just dropping music and, you know, all kinds of stuff on their channel. It's not 
they're not creating any content like PewDiePie is. So it's not really fair, but so be it. It's a separate channel. They got a hundred million subscribers. First to ever do it. PewDiePie who sucks is like at 97 million or something. Whatever. 97 million loser. But (laughs) it was fun watching some of the, uh, some of the battles when it was uh, subscribed to PewDiePie and they kept battling back and forth, back and forth. You knew that T-Series was going to eventually win, and they did. But uh, it was fun to watch some of the battle from time to time. And uh, But, I mean, 100 million subscribers, that's doing some, that's doing some distance. And you think about uh, PewDiePie uh, doing 100 million. I mean, he's close, 97 million. Uh, <laughs> some serious subscribers. And all I want you to do is subscribe to Chewing the Fat. That's it. Am I out there hawking for 100, trying to hit 100 million? Well, yeah, I kind of am, actually. I kind of am. And if you think that PewDiePie is a loser for at 96 million, <laughs> I am a capital L-O-S-E-R <laughs> with subscribers, okay? But, Jeff, you don't even have a YouTube channel. I know, but. Exactly. Thank you. Sephora. Sephora is going to close more than 400 stores on the morning of June 5th. And they're going to host inclusion workshops for its employees. <sighs> Sephora said in a statement, and my wife shops at Sephora. It's a, you know, makeup joint. I think that's what their, I think their tagline is Sephora makeup joint. Anyway, they, uh, they believe in uh, championing all beauty celebrating differences and building a community where diversity is expected. <sighs> They're going to take a few hours and train at 16,000 employees. Think of that. Sephora's got 16,000 employees. <sighs> They're going to train them about the brand's values. Yeah, Sephora, what, what's your values? Sell makeup? That's our, oh no. Their tagline is, is they're funny, their tagline isn't we're a makeup joint. Their tagline is, we belong to something beautiful. Oh. <sighs> so wonderful. Now, why are they doing this, you ask? Why would a company like Sephora hold their inclusion workshops? Did something happen? Why, yes, something did happen. Funny you ask. Funny you ask. Uh, one of their... One of their uh, committed personnel who is, you know, here for Sephora. Uh, A musician who once worked for Sephora uh, and now sells a Rihanna's brand uh, was in the store. And the store called security and had security start watching him. And that was too much to handle. How dare the store worry about their merchandise? How dare them? So, Za tweeted, it is Za, right? At SZA. Is that right? I would imagine so. You don't know? Did I mention Chris was off? I didn't know. I'm sorry, I don't know everything. Side note. You don't have to know everything, just what I ask. He tweeted, he, she, she tweeted, he, she, Za. I got to find out who this is. Hold on. Put put them on hold for just a second. Hold on. Just wait. I don't like to put you on hold much. I know that, but just let me put you on hold. And... 
Please hold. Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. Your listenership is very important to us. Please continue to hold. Please hold. Thank you for... Okay, here we go. Thank you. Are you there? Are you still there? Yeah, thank you. Okay, thanks for holding. Uh, Singer Za, uh, it is a she, uh, born in 1990, professionally as Za, but she has her real name is Solana Amani Rao. I mean, I guess I would... You can call me Za. Anyway, she got mad because the store called security and started uh, following her around to make sure that she wasn't stealing. Are you kidding me? So she gets pissed and calls out the store on Twitter. The store apologizes, of course. Of course. Why do I hate? The apologies only make it worse. It's just agonizing. You're a part of the Sephora family, and we are committed to ensuring every member of our community feels welcome and included at our stores. Oh, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. So now they're having their inclusion summit. Their inclusion summit is, if anybody walks into the store and you think they might steal something, don't do anything. Why does the company even pay for security? Because we can't do anything. You can't possibly. It had to be. It had to be racism. It had to be racism. When you say, oh, security maybe watch that person over there because, uh, you know, we've got a lot of product laying around. We don't want people stealing. Just keep an eye out on them. Okay. No, can't have that anymore. Can't have that anymore. Heaven forbid. So, I mean, good for you, Sephora. Good for you. Bless your hearts. Bless your hearts. You keep that inclusion summit going because I'm a fan, and I think you should apologize even more, and you should continue to believe in championing all beauty, celebrating differences, building a community where diversity is expected. (sighs) Agonizing. 